Alright, Arshay, so you know my questions always require a little bit of thought and they're always a bit out there. And I hate them, but okay. That's okay. Alright. <laughs> SWAT raids your home. They're doing a raid on your home. Okay. Where are you hiding the stash? Mm-hmm. Think of a clever place. SWAT. Mm. Or the I mean, not even SWAT. What are those people that come in and like they, they do the drug bust? Like Angela? I wanted the floorboards. Okay. Like if I had wood floors, which I don't, I would put it up under the, the, the floors. And have like a little trap door, but you couldn't tell it was a trap door and it would be all up under there. See, this is so funny because I always think about it when I see stuff on TV when people get caught. But I was in the basement the other day and I was looking at the like, the white fluffy like pipe that goes into the washing machine and dryer that's a good one too. i would put something in there that's a good one too because they wouldn't think about it they wouldn't and i don't think the dog would smell it oh fuck are they bring you didn't say they was bringing dogs well i mean when they do a raid they bring everybody not necessarily depending on where you are and depending on what kind of bust it is but i guess if they're doing a drug bust i guess they would be bring dogs so hide the stash if they're bringing dogs hmm. I mean, they're going to smell it through the floorboards, so. We're just going to say floorboards, but I'm going to have to really think about that. Okay, okay. So, I know not to hide the stash at your house then. Obviously not. Because they would take it. All the they money. surely would. Okay. You are being chased. Oh. Where? Okay, so I will put it, you know, the toilet, it has like a little back piece. Yeah. I will put it in like water, like in a plastic bag, and like sink it inside there and put it in there and like conceal it somewhere. yeah okay that's or i would put it in a kid's lego toy box but it's just it's not um what is that movie <laughs> this is not um big mama's house okay you cannot be stashing it. money and he did that thing real good too yeah but i would mix it up with like a big messy toy box mm. so that ain't anybody gonna dig through all that that's true or stuffing inside of a stu- uh, like a teddy bear or like Ooh, a doll that's good mm. That's good. We some fucked up people. We are. We are. Yeah, but we don't get caught though. Obviously. Okay, so you're being chased, and you have the option to be either chased by Michael Myers, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy, or the doppelgangers in Us. Who are you choosing to chase you, and you're gonna survive, and why? What chances um, of survival? Who was the person that walks really, really slow with the knife? Michael Myers. Him. Me too. But he be finding the motherfuckers though. He do because they be hiding in like stupid ass places. But he walks slow. I never understand. Like I will walk, get in my car, and drive the fuck off. And that's what I never understand. Or oh, I will grab, like, grab a gun. The movies in all his movies, he always catches them, and he's not going fast. Like he's, he's doing a brisk walk. He's chilling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you be seeing some people in the yes. bus, they be walking. Yes. And the old man be having on their little switchy shorts. Mm. And they be walking. He don't even be walking like that. No, he's slower than that. That's right. how I understand. He be like a tortoise. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Hide and seek, which is my favorite childhood game, and I will play it now because I'm a fucking beast at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're either hiding in an empty warehouse or in a cornfield. Empty warehouse. Why? I ain't doing no fucking cornfield. I felt like it'd be too many creatures out there for me. Yeah, and I, first of all, I'd be scared because I seen that movie. What was it called? Children Jeepers cor- Creepers. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. I actually saw the guy who was in Jeepers Creepers at the subway in New York. And I was with my aunt. And I was like, oh my gosh, how many kids in Jeepers Creepers? And he waved. And then he told my aunt to tell me, tell her, have a good time in New York. I was maybe like 12 or 13, but I was hyped. I don't know what his name was. I still don't know what his name was, but he's in Jeepers Creepers. But yes, the cornfield, hell no. No, I'm not doing that. It's too close to cotton and it takes me back to the slave. Oh, it's taking you back. <laughs> <laughs> when we were, so when we were in college, there was this road called Backbone Road. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just pitch black. First of all, see, names like that yeah. make you not want to do shit on those things. So... We, and a group of my girls, we decided that, you know, fuck it, we're going to go down McCain Lane. It was Halloween. That's because y'all stupid. Mm-hmm, go we were. But this is TMI. But whenever I go to Haunted House, like, I put on, like, an extra pad just in case I get too, too scared. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, 
we're out there, we're walking in the fields, and then there's just like goats and sheep and shit. And then we see the scarecrow there. But I don't know what the fuck it was that my friend saw, but niggas was out. I have never run so fast in my life. Then someone peed on themselves, and surprisingly, it wasn't me. So I don't play with no cornfields. It's, I don't have no business being on First of all, I love Halloween, but I don't play when it comes to that scary shit. Like, I'm on that Disney Channel, Let's Watch, Halloween Town, One like Through, Town. all of them, Let's Watch, Don't Look Up Under the Bed, those but type of things. that movie scares me. Don't Look Up Under the Bed? Because it makes me, like, I'm weird, but I do look under the bed and in my back seat. Because I would think, like, if I was doing something, like, I'm going to hide under your bed and I'm going to grab your ankles. Get you an... You I get what, what you're saying, but so remember the first, I think it was either the first or the third podcast, we were talking about your obsession with, like, scary shit, but you're yeah. scared. Well, I'm being overly prepared. Okay. Whatever. That's what you call it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anywho, Whatever. I actually saw <laughs> Aladdin... Tuesdays, $5, y'all. I'm Tell not me about gonna, my movie. I want to hear it. I'm not going to give away all the details. Please don't. But it was so fucking good. And I was sitting in between. This little girl had to be like three. And she was cute and all. She appreciated the movie and I expected that. But there was this lady next to Kune. She was cracking up the entire time. Like, I don't think... It, you ever just... You ever be in a movie theater and there's somebody like who's like, it's not that funny. I don't even just mm-hmm. in a movie theater. But somebody say something, they just cracking up. Just crack. She was a guy. <laughs> like, she did not stop laughing. I don't know if she was high or whatever it was, but I don't think it was that funny. And the entire time we were there, Kuma's like, yo, dog, it's not that funny. And I'm like, yo, be quiet because I don't want to get kicked out the movie theater. But then I had to sing along. So she looked at me when the song came on and I started singing and I got a little louder. Because if you can go ahead and you can crack up at shit that's not fucking funny. The bitch, I can sing along if I want to. And what song were you singing? All of them. <laughs> All of them. But it's so good. Um, I actually want to see it Saturday. I was going to take my little cousin. I was like, oh, what is he doing Saturday? But he already saw it. So maybe I'll go by myself Saturday morning before 12 o'clock when it's $5 just to see it. I want to see Aladdin. You've see never it. invited me anywhere. You can come along. Because you me. Okay, move on. Don't, don't move even. On. Don't even. I just said I'm going Saturday before 12 o'clock when it is $5. Okay? Thank you very much. Arrow. Continue. Whatever. Um, <laughs> how was your memorial weekend? It was really good. So we did, um, me and my friends collectively came together and we did a start of the summer cookout. Black people love the start of the summer cookout. Like Memorial Day, black people love to put on their linens. They want to put their white clothes on. They want to put their white Linens, first on. of all. Me too. I am not 56 years old with no. them, them Jesus sandals. Listen. That's black somebody people, drunk uncle had. We love linen pants, especially black men. Yes, they, they want to put on their all-white outfits. Mm-hmm. They want to have a little sun hat. Mm-hmm. With the sun shades and the Jesus sandals standing yes. in front of the okay. cookout. Mm-hmm. And standing in front of the grill making that bomb cookout. Sweating it was really and shit good. that all-white. So we had a whole bunch of liquor. We went to Costco's and got liquor. We went to the wharf and got some crabs. Like, it was lit. Hmm. Okay. So it was well. Everybody had a good time. Everybody had a good a, a good time. I had to leave early because my kids were there and it was time for them to go to bed. Right. And somebody had a little too much to drink. That's right. But that's, you know. He kicking off the summer too. Yes. But that's another story for off of the park. Okay. No problem. No problem. But how was your weekend? Because I know you went to the, um, I was about to say Lost of Vegas, but it wasn't even that. Because that's where I'm planning on going. You went to, um, Nola. Thank you. Because I was struggling. I was struggling like like shit right now. It was, we had such a good time. I went with Cool Night. Um, we had a good time. But when I went to the motherfucking airport, let me tell you something. Which, this, okay, which airport are we talking about? We went to BWI. So that's where it started? First of all, we literally missed our, we almost missed our flight, I promise you, by two minutes. Like, we weren't going to, like, if we had been two more minutes late, we wouldn't have been able to get through the thing. Okay? And, but that's a whole other story. And they told us that um, our bags or whatever situation is may not make it on the flight. And you know whose fault it was. I'm not going to name no names as to why we relate. But I was livid. And well, I, it's only it's one of the person. I'm not, not going to do that. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying. I'm going to play the blame game. But I got but up it in there. Like you no, no, no. And I said, if my motherfucking shit ain't here, 
you are gonna hear my mouth the entire trip. The entire trip. Okay? The entire trip. But I go through the TSA and I didn't realize like how detailed the thing is. They saw like you know when you go through the body scan and you put your arms up, right? Mm-hmm. They saw that I was on my cycle. They saw my like uh sanitary stuff. What? So the woman and the girl was training. So the other girl was there. She was just like, well, ask for what it is. I was just like, it's that time of month. What, like, she was just like, oh, so she's waving the thing in front of my lady parts, in front of my girlfriend. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. But, and then when I came back also, they did the same thing again. Now, what if I was tucking something? Like, I didn't know that they checked for that. Like, do you want me to take it off? Do you want, like, what? But I guess that's a place where people hide stuff. Wow. Yeah. I would be embarrassed, too. I was. And mind you, it was already late, so that made me even more mad. And then, you know, you got to stop and then embarrass my whole life over there. And it comes up on the screen where the, uh, the area is or whatever it was. And I was just like, oh, I have my period. And then... They were patting my head. The The girl who was training was uh, Latina. And then the black girl who was training her, the girl who was training her was black. So she's over there patting. She's like, I said, I have on a wig. This is my wig cap. So I had to take off my hat and show the thing. I said, I ain't going to lift this up too much now. And the black girl, she told the girl, she said, don't worry about it. And she said, I got you. I got you. I said, thank you, sis. <laughs> okay? It's always something. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. This is why I go, like, when I go through TSA, like, I wear just, like, some regular slide-on, some yeah, socks, have that on. Yep. some workout clothing. Yeah, always and comfy a hat. clothes. Like, I don't even wear my wig. Girl, I have like, to take the hat off. the hat. No, because these braids weren't together. It, it, these braids weren't together. So, but that's okay. But it was a good time. I definitely, definitely appreciated it. So... You keep telling me about this show called The Shy. Yep. And I have yet to watch it. But I did see that one of the actors, what is his name? Is it Jason Butler? Jason Mitchell. Mitchell. Ooh, where did I get Butler from? Because I wrote that down, trying to think about it in my mind. Okay. It's Jason Mitchell. um, He was pretty much fired from The Shy. And, okay, so... Like, is it one of those sexual misconduct things, or is it he, like, they don't want to uh, do anything with him because it's a bad attitude? Because I know I was watching one show called um, Lethal Weapon. They did a reboot of it, and it was, a, like, a little white guy on it. Well, not a little white guy. It was a white, a white actor on it, and I mm-hmm. thought he did a really good job, like, being difficult on the show. Right. But little did we know, he's actually literally difficult to work life. with. Right. So they ended up recasting him with somebody else. So for those of you who don't know who he is, I don't know if any of you saw, um, God damn it, Straight Outta Compton. He was the actor who played Easy e mm-hmm. and he did a phenomenal job. He did. And on the show, he's a chef, and he owns his own like food truck, and he's with this girl, and his girlfriend is like into real estate and all this other stuff, and they're trying to... It's a great show because they also talk about the gentrification in there, mm-hmm. but gentrification with black people. So that's another thing. But anyways, um, so his girlfriend is the woman who plays his living girlfriend that she has accused him of being uh, inappropriate. So have some of the other cast members. These complaints came out from season one. They're on season two now. Um, and Lena Waif is one of the directors and writers of the show. So there was a lot of backlash from her. And she was saying that she literally, she recently just found out about this. Because when the people were complaining, they were going to Showtime's HR. Mm. Not necessarily Lena Waif. So just looking at the comments, so he ended up being fired immediately from the shy, and they are going to be replaced again with somebody else. Um, well, they play the same character. So or they're to... it's up in the air. So I saw someone really in a way. I don't know if she said it or someone said it. They're either going to get him shot up because he's into some shady stuff on the show now, um, not his fault, or they're just going to replace him with an, with another actor. But I think they're leaning towards that. Um, but she was getting a lot of backlash, and he had two movies coming out with Netflix. He lost those gigs, and his, mm. um, what do you call those people? His agents, his agency, they also immediately dropped him also. And he's been on a lot of movies. Like, when I tell you, like, he's a phenomenal actor. Like, I don't say that about a lot of people. 
Um, but people were flooding the young lady's Instagram saying, you know, like, you got him fired. Would he really do this? Couldn't you just have kept it quiet? Whatever, 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 whatever. Um, but it's it's crazy because when you see it on screen, they have such chemistry. Mm-hmm. And then to really find out what's going on behind the scenes. Well, it's just like Martin and Jaina. Now, I don't really understand that because then they made amends. So, okay. I said that to say, do you think them going ahead and firing him was extreme or was it appropriate? I feel like it was appropriate. I feel like an investigation needs to be done. Because I'm not saying the person is lying, mm-hmm. but what if it was like a miscommunication in something? Like, was it... So I need a little bit of more of a backstory. Was it like sexual harassment, yes. too much touching, that type of thing? Right. Or were, were they running lines and the scene called for them to be a little physical? Because if they're like, you know, husband and wife or girlfriend and boyfriend on the right. show, it's required for a little bit of touching. Like, I'm not making excuses for his behavior or anything, but I feel like an investigation with things like these, this needs to be done and things need to be ran to protocol. Yes, I agree he should be let go. Right. But I feel like an investigation should be done as well. I think, well, I think maybe that's why it probably took so long to go ahead and get him fired. Okay. Um, Because, again, these reports were coming in from season one. Mm, They are now, season two is over, and I guess they're now recording season three. To my knowledge, if I have the story right. So, I think, I don't think it's extreme, but I think it's interesting how, with the Me Too movement, which is a great thing, I think it's very interesting in how it is that people are, um, they're they're no longer taking these things lightly anymore. Mm-hmm. And we are in a time, space, and period in which people, you know, women, we are standing up. We are speaking for it. And I appreciate that jobs are taking it Seriously. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like she's a well-known actor. It's not like they're extravagant well-known actors. And actually, she's from Baltimore. Okay. Fun fact. Um, the young lady is. But on one end, the selfish me is just like, damn, I don't want him to get fired. Right. But on the other end, you know what? She felt, com- she felt uncomfortable. And I hate how people are going on her page and like, uh, being disrespectful to her and saying, like, you know, you should have done this, you should have done that. Now he's losing his job. But I wonder if myself, if I would have, if I was in that type of field, if I would have the courage to go ahead and speak up with the potential of getting that backlash. And it's reasons like that why a lot of women don't, don't speak up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And having, they might also feel like nobody will believe her because she is right. a, he is a well-known actor and she's not. So, I mean, she has nothing to lose. If she was to lose her job, then, you know, right, that would be bad. But Have you ever felt in a workplace where someone was just being inappropriate, but you didn't say anything for fear that someone wouldn't believe you? No. First of all, let me just say this. I've never been put in that particular environment where mm-hmm. it was like that. So, no. <laughs> Have you? First of all, let's... Go back to the original question. Do you feel like it was an appropriate action to fire him? I do think it was appropriate action to fire him. I think it was a bit extreme. Let me not say extreme. He should have been fired from from the shy. Absolutely. That's inappropriate. Now, taking it to the level where his other acting gigs are deciding to, like, no, we're pulling out. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a political move from them because they don't want to be associated with that type of stuff. No different than when a celebrity does something, another celebrity does something crazy, all their endorsement deals are dropped. Right. Just like an athlete as well. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but he's such a good actor and I just, I just, I just need men to be smarter. Like, we are not in the same, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, mm-hmm. but like, we are in a time now where like, you, like, it's funny today, I saw someone and someone was just like, is it okay if I hug you? Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to ask before you just do. And I made a joke, and I was just like, yeah, you better ask. I said, we had a different time. But not even trying to be like that, but now you have to, like, generally ask. And me, I'm a person, I personally don't like to be hugged. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I prefer people to ask me only because of that, not because of a sexual thing. It's just, like, I don't really like people in my personal space. But now I'm finding myself to be, like, 
oh, is it appropriate to hug you? Is it okay if, you know, whatever it is? Am I in your personal space? Because I don't ever want anyone getting the idea that, even though I'm a woman, that I'm being inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think when actors play, like, husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend, they can misinterpret the role, the mm-hmm. lines, and the emotion of the character? Mm-hmm versus their actual, well, actual reality. And that's where maybe some of this harassment mm-hmm. is coming from. I think that's a that's a great question. Um, I should have been an interview. Like, sh- that was a great question. Girl. I was not prepared for that. Um, I think that Coming people, through with the questions. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think that some people get a little bit more comfortable than maybe the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think it's a situation where maybe sometimes people misread body language and the way you joke with one person and communicate with one person may not necessarily be the same with another person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing too. So I don't know if it's necessarily that they don't know how to turn it off. I think it could be a misread of a misreading of signals. And then I also think it could be of, well, I talked to this person like that. Me and her are cool like that. Why are me and you cool like that? Why do you have a problem with it? Okay. I think that that plays a factor. Speaking of creeps, what's the update with Mr. Harvey Weinstein? Okay, so Alex's uh, best friend, Harvey Weinstein. Girl, don't play like that. Do not associate me with no. Has reached man like a that. tentative $44 million deal to settle his uh, sexual misconduct lawsuits. So he's basically paying these women off mm-hmm. to let it go. Of course he is. That is stupid crazy. So what do you think about that? And that leaves like $14 million, which is set to cover legal fees for his uh, his team. Right. And his business associates. So what do you think about it? What is the difference? Okay, I know you asked me a question, but I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What I think about it is... What's the difference between him and um, Bill Cosby that's sitting behind bars? And let's let's say that they're both white men. Mm-hmm. What is the difference? Mm. I would say if we're if they're both white men, I think it's a matter of the relevancy between the two. And I think Harvey Weinstein, in comparison to Bill Cosby. He's more, um, I think he holds more power than Bill Cosby does. And he's more revered than the Bill Cosby is. In the sense that Bill Cosby is essentially the self-made man. I'm not saying this, that Harvey Weinstein isn't. But I think people, more people respect Harvey Weinstein and I don't know if Harvey Weinstein was also drugging women. I don't think he was drugging women. So I think that's a big difference, too. Okay. So now let's put race back into it. What is the difference between Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby was a black man, and he's causing he was inflicting <laughs> this stuff on these white women. And people are going to choose. I'm, Do I'm you think Bill Cosby will be in jail if he was drugging and allegedly raping African-American women, black women. R. Kelly's not in jail. He has been charged. Now he's that not you, in jail. He's not in jail, but he has been charged in Chicago. And that was like the latest news that I've heard on But I think today. that's only because the pressure that that documentary has been brought out. Yes, I think that's I the agree. pressure of it. I think... It's they on the back of his neck. and <laughs> Now I'm going to say this and. I'm teetering on the line of it, and I know some people are going to chew my head off. About Just real this. quick, the update is R. Kelly has been charged with 11 additional sexual crimes in Chicago. R. Kelly is going to go to jail because he doesn't have any more money. But he then was, he does have loyal fans that are willing to spend money. He to ain't got him. no. He ain't got that kind of money to do his fans. He got child support. He got to worry about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure back in the day he was probably paying off people. R. Kelly don't have that money no. 
He doesn't have the money. So you foresee, uh, I was about to say drug time, <laughs> jail time for R. Kelly. I don't think I, I do. I think he needs help. He needs therapy. Yes, I think that. But just taking it back real quick to the Bill Cosby thing, um, people are probably going to chew me out about this. But for me, me, me personally, um, you know, no is no, absolutely. But I think as a woman, I'm not going to no grown-ass married man's house past a certain hour by myself in this fucking hotel room where his wife is asleep in the house and I'm going to be over there. I'm not fucking doing it. And I get the Hollywood lifestyle that people have different types of schedules and that's fine and dandy but I just feel like some things are just inappropriate and the thing that I guess the issue for me that I have with it is that he told the woman what it was the drug that he gave them he told it to them most of them and they met they acknowledged that I'm not taking no nothing that's just me that's just my little input on it um but again I think uh, Bill Cosby went away because these were white women and, you it's know, just the world we live in. You can't play the white women. And it just so happened that this all came out in the Me Too era. Mm-hmm. And because the thing is, is that people have been talking about this. Uh, what's her name? Jennifer Tilly, I think her name is. She's on Grownish. She plays grandmother. Not Grownish, Blackish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she Ruby. said, <laughs> Ruby, yes. She said she's known, she's heard those stories from back in the day. And one of her friends was sexually like assaulted or harassed, whatever, by him. And they said that was something that's been going on in the industry with him. But nobody said anything. So, I don't know. But I wish I had a $40 million to just pay somebody off. 40, 44. 44. Million dollars. Is it worth that, though? That's crazy. That is crazy. And. That's just the world we live in. They're never going to see jail time. They're always going to be able to, to pay their way out of things. And just I think like they with made the, an example out of Bill Cosby. They made an yeah. example. They, he deserves to be in there, but they definitely made an example. Just like they made an example out of uh, Jason, what's his name, Miller? Mitchell. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. They made an example out of him, too. Huh? I don't want to tell like that. Exactly, but it let another white man do that and see what we are. Hmm. Girl. Just paying lawsuits here and there. Here you go. Right. Here's that check. Okay. <laughs> so, I know you do not like Uber. Nope. Can't stand them. This is not a fuck you Uber sex, 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 session. A little session. But Uber. Can kiss my ass. Stop it. Uber is contemplating giving rating. Not, okay, let me say this. So, you know how, like, when you go and you take Uber or Lyft afterwards, you can rate your driver, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you can also go ahead and they can rate you. So, the question has come up of whether should Uber ban riders with low, ri- with low ratings? What do you think? Well, what are they going to do about these low rating drivers? Or these drivers that have high stars and then they're sexually assaulting women or men when they get in their vehicles? Well, then you shouldn't be giving them no five stars. But I know, I think it's for Uber. I don't know about Lyft, per se, but I know when I was in Philly, we took an Uber. The man was saying that he, we took a Lyft. He said he can't ride for Uber anymore because someone gave him a low rating. So he says, like, if you get a three, like, a three or above a three star or below a three, that you can no longer ride for them. So that's why their ratings are important. But I think the same should be for people who get in their fucking cars. I get it. I understand some people get, like, too drunk. So Josh used to drive for Uber. Mm-hmm. And his friend um, drives for Uber sometimes. And they would go pick up these people coming out the club. And people would throw up in the car and different things like that. So, yeah, right there I'm going to give you a negative 5.7 stars. <laughs> I get it. I get you should ban people. I get it. But I don't like the rating system. Because people, if I get in the car Mm -hmm. and left, they love to talk. Don't mind it. There are days I don't want to talk. Don't talk to me. 
Just let me get in the car and drop me off at my my destination. At the feature now you can say no talk. Yes, but before the feature, like, I felt like I had to have a conversation with these niggas Mm. to keep my five stars. Right. So I did. So, I was listening to the radio today and they were talking about this same situation. They were, they went over, like, the top ten things that, like, Uber drivers don't like. Mm-hmm. That they want people to know. And one of the things that they said was is that we don't have to have a conversation, but you're still coming in my personal vehicle. You should speak and say hello. I do agree. Now, that's I, not... I do. I do speak and say hello. Right. No, no, but... I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying. Just running down the thing. I do agree that when you get in someone's vehicle, whether you're paying for or not, you can fucking speak. Well, that's mouth. black people. Black people speak. Continue. You don't have to have a full conversation. Another thing was is that they hate when people are in their vehicle without asking. And when people come in and they're like, maybe you were smoking, smoking weed. And that smoke stays on you now that's in the car. I, if I was an Uber driver and you didn't ask me and you just bust out the food, I'm a, I'd, I'd put you right now also. Because at the end of the day, yes, you're paying, but it's still my personal vehicle. And this is the vehicle that the next person. You ever been in an Uber or Lyft after someone has had some sh- smelly shit? No. So let me say this. I used to drive for Lyft. Mm-hmm. I did like three rides and I was like, nope, this ain't for me. Why? The first ride, uh, he wanted to sit in the front seat. Actually, sit your ass in the back. I have a problem with that. Don't sit in my front seat. And then he was like, can I use your aux cord because I'm a producer and I need to listen to some music? No. <laughs> but I let him listen to, you know, I let him use the, the cord or whatever. Then another ride. Two young girls going to a summer gig. Um, can I connect to your car and play my music? Bitch, what? <laughs> no, you cannot. But I did it anyway because, you know, I want to be nice. I want to get my little tippy in. Then the next ride, some little white man. I had to go pick him up from fucking far because right. apparently I was the only person in that area. Right. And I took him to the airport. How was he in the car? He was actually the only pleasant person. He said, oh, my God, I really like your car. This black on black on black. I'm loving it. I feel like I'm important. I was like, you are today. <laughs> then we stopped talking. Yeah. It was good. But, like, I've never gotten in a car behind somebody yeah. where I had to smell anything like that. Because I, I think have. they keep their cars clean for the most part. No, they do. But, like, if someone, let's say someone comes in with, like, McDonald's or something like that, or Chinese food. If they're in the backseat eating, that smell is going to linger in there. I get it. And I don't want to smell that. I don't want to smell that shit. And I think, but I also think, like, you should ask permission to eat in someone's vehicle. Mm-hmm. Especially being that, whether it's a Lyft or Uber or not, I think you should ask permission for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people, maybe they don't realize that, okay, I left the mess. And they get rated on, like, how clean their vehicle is. So maybe you didn't realize that you dropped a piece of your little spring roll and I was spring roll crumbs in my fucking car. If I'm mid-shift, I don't have time to stop. Um, a lot of women were complaining about the men being inappropriate with them mm-hmm. uh, in the vehicles. Like, that's also a thing. But I feel like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm very respectful of people. I like to be respectful of people's space. And I think if you cannot abide by these rules and if you cannot be appropriate, then you need to get out. Then, like, you know, I would give you a little rating. It's not a bus. This is not the metro. This is not a plane. Like, this is a private space that you are in right now. However, you're only in here for a certain amount of time. This is my private whatever it is. I like to leave it appropriate. I'm really big on leave something the way that you found it, if not make it better. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really big on that. So I'm not opposed to them. Um... Give somebody a little rant. How did uh, how did Josh like uh, Ubering? He hated it. Because of the same reasons? Yeah. And then because they don't take taxes out. Really? So at the end of the year, it fucks you up. They don't hmm. take taxes out. So if you don't take your own taxes out, you're right. going to be fucked at the end of the year. Huh. Uber and Lyft, they don't take taxes out. Interesting. We took a... Uh, what was it? We took a Uber and Lyft. We were in New Orleans for a little bit. We were going to the airport. This girl, and maybe because she was tired, I don't know if they're required to get out the car and put a suitcase in it. We were her, open her trunk, and she had like all of her kids' shit in there. 
And I'm like, you know what? It's her vehicle. I mean, I thought you could have maybe had it like in a corner, at least a little bit neat. But whatever, we've been able to get our stuff in there. And her car was a bit, it was a bit messy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was messy because other people were there. And then she was just like, are you guys going to be late because we have to stop? I need to stop and get gas. Luckily, we weren't in a rush. She was very nice. But I remember when it came time to rate her and, like, to give a tip. And I like to give a nice tip and a little note. My fiancé was like, do I give her five stars? Because I've never seen the trunk. I was just like, on one end, we were able to get our stuff in there. But at the same time, it was messy. I don't know. But I've definitely been in some funky uh, Ubers. So did y'all tip her? What did y'all rate her? Oh, uh, we ended up just giving her five. Five stars. She was nice. She's very polite. That's what I said. I said, well, her having to stop at the gas. I said, it kind of compensated. I said, because she was very nice. She didn't get there before the estimated time. Um, she asked us about, do you want the AC on or off or whatever. She was very nice in that way, but she could have cleaned up her car a little bit. Okay. Per- personally. 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 But I care about my Uber and Lyft score. That's just me. I care about it. I don't it. give two shits about it. Really? Mm-hmm. I do. Like, I'll hold a conversation. I'm not rude. Like, my mom told me if I come in anybody's area and they're there, you speak. So I do. I'm going to get in and speak to you, but I don't feel like we need to have a whole No, I want to have no conversation. conversation. I don't like, want to have no conversation. That. Just take me to my destination and we can keep it pushing. But you know one thing I always let the Uber lunch driver know? I'm taking a picture of your license plate and I'm sending it to so-and-so. So, you try it if you want to and I let them on the backseat. I'm turning on my GPS as well. Just so you know. Because we had to take a taxi when we were out there in New Orleans. And taxis, you know, they go per the minute. And I'm in here and I'm looking and I'm like, it don't take this long. So he drove us through Bourbon Street and I was thinking to myself, why you ain't going around? So I kept, I had to sit up and look at that thing. I said, you know, you could have gone around, right? You could have done that. <laughs> but a bitch's feet were hurting. And I was tired and I was hot. So I sucked it up. And I was like, you know, you could drop us off right here. Right here is fine. Because per the minute. Mm-hmm. By the time you got out of the taxi, how much was it? Um, it only ended up being like, I want to say like seven or eight dollars, but they ch- the time went up supposedly every one eighth of a mile, in addition to the time that you were sitting there. And then it's what like two dollars when you first get in. Yeah, had like a little like a little fee when you first got in. I hate the taxis. Anyway. Mm. Okay, so this is a bit random, but. I was listening, you know, I like to read my little, read and look at my little self-improvement and self-helps and things like that as I'm ending my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about, like, three life skills that I would have wanted to have or three life skills that I would tell anyone younger than me to have. And I came up with money management, I think, as women and I think as black people. It's so important that we have money management skills. I know... Because when I was in high school, I worked. I had a job. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to manage my money so that when I got to college, I knew how to budget. Mm-hmm. And I discovered so many people didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Or people, when they got more money, like, they didn't know what to, There was a lot of mismanagement of money and learning about your credit and things like that. Um, so definitely money management. Uh, learning how to do, like, maintenance on stuff. Like, when I got my first car, her name was Mo, short for Monique. Um, <laughs> Monique. <laughs> she was cutting up every every time I turned around. Like, I had to get the transmission built twice, rebuilt twice, okay? Like, if you I went, was forking out good girl, money. if I had drove, like, I couldn't go past, like, 45 or the car would shake. So then I used to have to drive with my emergency lights on so people wouldn't honk at me. Um... And then, you know, just little maintenance of cars and stuff like that. I'm like, when you go to the to the, to the the garage, it's not the parts aren't even expensive. You're paying for that fucking labor. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, I think anyone who owns a vehicle should know the basics of it. How to change the oil, how to change the tire, what to look for, make sure that you have enough oil in your vehicle, mm-hmm. and listen out for the sound, or any little small maintenance things. And then communication. And I say, because manners will take you places that money fucking can't. You ever met a person and they're just dumb as rocks? They don't be knowing shit, mm-hmm. but they charm their way into stuff. Oh, yes, girl. I think it's so important, and I realize that a lot of people, for whatever reason, 
weren't taught to when they walk into a room to open their fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. And my mother, I remember like being younger and going to the bus stop and like I lived in an apartment building and saying good morning to these people every morning and I was just like, they don't ever speak to me. Why do I want to say good morning to them? She was just like, because when you walk into a room, you need to speak. When you walk into an elevator, you need to speak. And she was saying is just that like just because they don't speak, she said you have home training so you need to act accordingly. Hmm. So being that you are a mom, what are three things that you want to make sure that you teach your kids? Money management, like you said, mm-hmm. the importance of credit. Mm-hmm. I, I need my kids to know how to balance a checkbook. I need them to know that their credit is very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Even these government jobs nowadays, they require you to have I heard A1 that. credit. And the minute that you drop down, they fire you. So money management, um, a good credit score. Um, oh, let me see. Respect. And I say that for both ways. Respect for others and knowing not to bully them and being able to help them understand that people are different. Right. And then respect for themselves to not be out here in these streets doing dumb stuff. Hmm. Um, and then I think the last one... I really got to think about that one. The last one I would say would possibly be probably like the home buying situation. Like being educated on property values. Investing. Investments. Yeah, that's our thing. And different things like that because that wasn't, that was nothing. None of these three, well, two out of the three. Right. I'm sorry, one out of the three, one out of the three I knew about. When I turned 21 and I got a better job because, you know, at that time I was like a little lifeguard and right in college or whatever, I didn't know anything about credit. Right. So my grandmother, she was like, well, go get a credit card. You start small with like a Macy's store department card. And from there it gets grown. I am 27 years old, sitting on 750 credit score. Hello, that twin. there are people that Hello, are credit 50 years old and older that have a credit score of like 620. Okay, yeah. so I get credit card offers out the ass every single day from right. junk mail. And it makes, and I think that's another thing. I think it's a. I don't know if it's specific to black people, mm-hmm. just you know. I've always said and I always feel like we're not as educated as we should be financially. We're not. And I'm not a financial guru because I'm learning stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the credit card is an interesting thing because I remember when I was in college, I was doing something and I'm getting ready to graduate. My mom was just like, you know, uh, some credit is better than no credit. And a lot of people feel like, okay, well, I don't want to rack that up if I can't afford it. Then da, da, da. And that is true to an extent. Mm-hmm. But when you are going these like when you're trying to buy a car when you're trying mm-hmm. to get a home like they look at those things so I was able to negotiate when I got my car a low ass interest rate because my credit score exactly. was like right at that time it was maybe like a 730 and it said I'm at a 750 now woo woo oh, oh yeah you did say credit score twins yes. I don't play with my credit I don't either I don't. it's very important I pay bills one time or I pay them before yes. like I got a computer from QVC Right. And I've all like the money was always there, so I would pay it before its due date. Right. So I've already paid off my computer right. within three months, and they said it was like six easy payments. I was like, no, we're gonna get this taken care of now because I, I want right. you off my credit. Thank you. Hello and goodbye. That is so. It's not funny, but I'm gonna say it's funny, but I don't think people. And I just learned that thing when you said about the government. And I was talking to someone, and they said, yeah, they check because they want to make sure that you are on top of your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that has to go into, like, with the clearance of things. I'm not exactly yep. sure. Um, but I think credit is such a big thing. And credit starts from when you're younger. And, like, I know some people, like, you know, their parents had fucked up their credit. Yeah, putting their names on the phone bill, um, getting cable in their name. Right. Like, come on now. Y'all need to stop. And you don't have to go extreme and, you know, 
you can simply get maybe a credit card that's maybe like one or two hundred dollars and you just get gas on that and then you pay it back. Right. Something. But my mom always told me if you buy something, have that money in two weeks to put it back. Yeah. Or have it right then and there. Yep. So my dad is not financially I'm not gonna say financially stable, but he's never had the responsibility of paying like bills and stuff. Right. But he got like a notice in the bank. He was like, "Oh, I should get a credit card." And I looked at him and said, "No, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't, sir. Yes, you got a little phone over here that you pay for, but a credit card is something totally different. You right. will see stuff that you want, put it on your credit card. Right. Oh, put it on my credit card. Put it here. Put right. it there. But then when the bill comes and due, and you have interest on top of what you already need right. to pay, right. then what you gonna do?" The biggest thing that I realized with my credit was when I went to buy my car. Mm-hmm. And I worked on my credit for maybe like six months. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I want as low interest rate as possible. And when I hear people say that their car notes are like five, six hundred dollars and I'm like, why? But I learned that in, su- in some situations, it's because that their credit score isn't what it needs to be. That too. Or it could be like me. <laughs> when I found out that I had good credit, mind you, I didn't know for a while. Right. I would, this will sound real dumb. No, it's not I've never, I've never caused a car accident, but I've been in a couple car accidents. Right. So after the car would be in the accident, the like repairs the will, will, no, it's not even the oh, insurance okay. will go because it's the other person's fault. Right. The car would get fixed. It would look like it was a brand new off the lot. I didn't want it anymore. So, oh. I would wait six months and go trade it in and get something else. Mm. Trade it in and get something else. So, okay. where I'm now, I'm at my car that I have now, I have two more years to pay it off and I'm done. I'm not trading that bell boy in enough for nothing. Once again, mm. that car has been um, in an accident one, two, three, three times, and I've never caused any of them. Right. Somebody sideswiped me, somebody backed up into my car. And then somebody like did a hit and run when I was like at a hotel and I knew it was the red car next to me because my car is black. And the paint the paint was on there. So like I said, I've never caused a car accident. (laughs) And yes, I knocked on wood if you guys are asking what that is. I've never caused a car accident, but I used to always trade my car in. And that's kind of where the education is not there. These dealers, they come to you and they say, oh, we can get you out of that. Da, 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 da. They can get you out of it and get you paying more mm-hmm. because all they're doing is taking what you owe and rolling it over. So you're asking for an additional amount. So say that vehicle is $20,000, right. but you already owe seventeen. Right. So they're just going to take that and plop that onto what you already owe plus the new car. So that's like thirty seven, thirty eight thousand, depending on taxes and different things like that in your right. area. Right. So you're originally paying more in your car notes or more. So that's where I'm not going to say that's where I got fucked up, but that's where the education needed to be for me. Mm-hmm. Because I just was like, oh, I got good credit. I can go trade it in like my grandmother. When I tell you, my grandmother had nothing but... um. Cadillacs mm-hmm. until Cadillacs got played out. Like her <laughs> and my two aunts used to be the the Cadillac queens. Right. And then now she's the Lexus. So every to me it felt like every year she would trade her car in. But it was like a couple years. Like right. every couple of years she could trade her credit in uh, her credit her her car in because she had good credit. Like my grandmother is sitting on maybe the highest credit score I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And that's like eight fifteen. And I didn't even know you can get to the eight hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting with that, and like, I'm like you, like, I have my other car, so my first car, Mo, um, oh, shout out seven. to La Cienega Boulevard is, that was my car before I got Savage, sorry, I love that just, name, no, you're I do too. I love it, I love that name, um, she died, well, what happened was that me and my mom ended up swapping cars, because my mom doesn't really travel too far, and she didn't want me going back and forth to school in a car that was just not going to work. So we traded and I got Sheba. Sheba lasted like 11 years. And the only reason, and like, I would be in that motherfucker sweating like a bitch. It was last, December before last, it was a black on black car and the air went out. And I refused. I said, I'm not paying for this air again. So, and I didn't have Bluetooth in that car. So when people would call me, I would get mad because I'd have to roll down the, like, I'd have to roll up the window and it wasn't no air in the car. 
So I'd be like, don't, you know I'm in the car. Don't call me right now. So when it was time for me to get my car, like, I worked on it. And I was just like, all right, like, I want to make sure that my payments are under such and such. And that's another thing that I would tell y'all about when y'all purchase y'all cars. Uh, go with somebody who knows, who knows what they're doing. Go with someone who you don't feel like is going to be easily persuaded. Mm -hmm. um, because as women, they will try to swindle you. And I experienced that. And um, shout out to Kool-Aid for coming in. Because he told that man, uh, no. No, That's I'm a $20 sure. difference. We're my not doing mom, that. My mom, she got my car down $5,000 yeah. less than what they were trying to give it to me I for. negotiated my car. And I had I did that too. And I went through my credit union to actually get the um, cashier's check. Mm -hmm. So when I went in there, I listened. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I, have, I had my money already. I said, no, nope. I said I had I money. Need I love doing yeah. that. But I, I love doing that. My interest was my interest rate is maybe like one point nine, mm -hmm. I think, or something like that. And that's because like I worked on my credit, I worked on my credit score, and I got my payments under for my car under three that under three hundred dollars a month. It's under that. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, I got six years of my credit to pay the car off, and I'll be done paying it off next October. So it'll be three years. And that's for me because I'm like, you know what? I don't. I want to keep this extra money. I gave myself a little bit of time. I always pay a little bit extra. Because I won't be bothered with it. Mm -hmm. And to me, unless, and Sheba, I would have kept Sheba, but the transmission started acting up, and I was just like, you know what? Once the transmission goes, everything else is going to follow with mm -hmm. it. But I plan on keeping my car forever. I know, that's all right. That's the plan for me. I told my husband that um, once we're done playing off our vehicles that we have separately, I want to get, like, a family vehicle where we both pay. So when we he'll pay the car note, next week I pay the car note. Right. We just keep going mm. like that until the car is paid off. Okay. So okay. that's our that's my plan. Those are good skills. Yes, girl. I'm trying yes, to. Yes, girl. I had to think about it because when you at first brought it up, I was like, what? But then I get it now. I get it now. But moving on, because you guys know we have a segment pretty much it's called Black Ass Talk. Now, I love this segment because I feel like this is the chance we can be vulnerable and just black ass <laughs> okay go ahead hit me with it so i have a goddaughter uh-huh and her mother has been my best friend since middle school she is latin american mm -hmm. and her baby's father is black american african-american whatever you want to identify him as he's right. black right basically so my goddaughter um is black black latin american but she What's has, her mother? Where's her mother from? El Salvador. El Salvador, okay. So she's, like, whatever. Right. Hispanic, whatever. So her skin complexion is like me and you. She, mm -hmm. she looks black. Right. So she has a hard time connecting with, because you know the mom, the mother and father, they moved on. Right. The mother has um, a boyfriend, and he is the same complexion as her. Right. Um, and the father married a black woman. So when she goes, she spends the majority of her time with her mother. So when she goes around her mother's boyfriend's family, right. everybody is lighter complexion. They don't give her grief about it, right. but it's just hard for her to identify with them. Mm -hmm. So she's recently hang, um, hung out with my nephews and niece, and she brought up a question to her mom and was like, is she black enough? Mm. Is she Spanish enough? Like, where does she identify? How old where, is she? She is 11. Okay. So she's going through that phase, like, where does she fit in? Fit in. And I explained to my friend, I said, the world sees her as black because of her skin tone. Right. She's bilingual. Right. The world sees her as black. I feel like it's whatever she wants to identify as. And right. My friend is like, well, I can give her the, you know, Latin American, Latino heritage right. or cooking the different things like that, but I can't provide her with the black perspective, the culture and different things like that. Right. So she's, she was like, well, let me reach out to her father and see if she can, if he can teach her what she doesn't have and I said I get what you're saying right however he can only provide her with the black American man point of view on life versus a black American woman's point of view on life 
So I feel like you need to have a conversation with him and his sister, which is her aunt, to show her what it is to be a black American woman right now. I think the black experience, first of all, with black people, as Hat mentioned, we come in all different shades and shades and colors, and there is such a thing as Afro-Latina. But I know what you're saying, if she's El Salvadorian, you know, they have a particular hue to them. Um, they are considered brown. Mm-hmm. We've got black people, we've got brown. Black and brown, brown typically associates with Hispanic and Latino community. Um, it's interesting because I think of, when you said that, I think of biracial children whose yes. parents, one is black, one is white. And being that there are so many different, a lot, there are a lot more biracial children, I always wonder who do you identify with? Like when you are around your black family members, do you feel like you have to be, have to compensate and be more quote unquote black? Mm-hmm. And then when you're with your white family members, do you have to quote compensate and be more white? Um, there are so many, let me say this. I think where we live now, there are a lot of mixed ethnic children all Mm -hmm. around. But if she's dealing with older family members, I understand because you think if if they're, especially if they're first generation, they're coming from societies and places where you only marry other people from El Salvador mm-hmm. and some black people who are raised know you only marry other black Americans you know just well, like with the it's, Asians it's not coming from home it's coming from the kids at school right so to that but but you had mentioned that like some of the family like, they don't necessarily say it her his her El Salvadorian family mm-hmm. but um I don't really know I'm not El Salvadorian. I mean, I grew up with around a lot of Puerto Ricans and a lot of Dominicans, and they looked like me. And then there were a lot of people whose parents, like, were mom's Puerto Rican, maybe my dad is Black American, and vice versa. So I don't really know. Is there a such thing as being Black enough? Um, but what's Black enough? That's what I'm asking. Um, my mom, my mom. I think that's, I don't like the term black enough. I, I don't. agree. I don't like the term black enough because I remember at some instances, like, they'd be like, Alex, like, you're so white. But, but like, what does that mean? Am I so white because I speak properly? Mm-hmm. Am I so white because, you know, maybe our experiences are different? Um, so I think it's very demeaning when people say black enough or like it's too white because it makes me feel like, I'm not good enough. And again, it wasn't until I went to, and I owe so much to my HBCU because it was the first time that I saw different types of black people. There were the other black, there were plenty of black people who people thought as maybe like they weren't black enough, they acted white or whatever it was. Um, and I remember sometimes kind of feeling like I had to overcompensate sometimes mm-hmm. for being a lighter-skinned black girl. And then also feeling like, okay, am I black enough? Am I down enough? You know, all of my friends, most of my friends were black, but I had a couple of white friends. But even them to say, Alex, like, oh, you're so white. It bothered me a little bit. But then as I got older, it was just like, you know what, Alex, like, you don't have to change who you are. Not all black people are the, fall into the stereotype of what people think it is. And I think it's very demeaning to say, is she black enough? Like, so, because, like, what does that even mean? How does, how does a black person person act? Well, for you to come at me at being 11 or 12 years old, because at that age, I think you're one in, like, fifth grade. Where, fifth where are you getting this from? From other people at school. Exactly. And they're getting it from their family, from what they know, what they're right. surrounded by. So, once again, this just brings you back to being prejudiced to our own kind and like building and harboring hate for one another. Does she go to a diverse school? She does. When you say diverse, what is diverse? Well, not say diverse because I don't, technically I don't know if there are any white children there, but I know it's black and Hispanic. Okay. So it's not that diverse. Yeah. Cause I, I, I really don't know. I think it might be like one or two 
white kids, mm-hmm. but I think they get bused to other schools. Right. And then even thinking in this area, like the school that I worked at, it was predominantly Hispanics and blacks. And mm-hmm. these kids were, a lot of these kids were coming directly from El Salvador, Guatemala, where they're not mixing with black people. So now, obviously, when the kids got there, you know, they were dating within one another, but you had essentially two separate worlds. So that's why I asked, like, how diverse is the school? It's not that diverse. Because then I'm sure it's the black people hang with the black people, and the El Salvadorans or the Guatemalans or the Hispanics, they hang with, they hang amongst themselves. Now that I think about it, because I went to a school that wasn't diverse at all, which is black and Hispanic, where, and I knew there were white children that lived around, where the fuck were they going? Private schools? Probably. But then even when you think about the black people that are there, like again, like going to HBCU, I understood, I learned the diversity of all of us. Mm-hmm. Because some of us were Caribbean. Some of us were from Africa. But in the African students, okay, where in Africa are you from? Mm-hmm. So that was diversifying it as well. Um, and then you had some Hispanic students, and it's just like, okay, but like, where are you from? You're Puerto Rican, you're Dominican, you're from El Salvador, where are you from? So I think that makes a difference. But at 11 years old, I mean, I don't, at 11 years old, I wasn't thinking about stuff like that. But you, be, but that's the age that you start to become, this generation, they're more self-aware. That's because of the social media and different things like that. So, yes, I get it. But it just breaks my heart to hear that she feels lost. Yeah. And not accepted at school. Right. Because she's, quote, unquote, not black enough. What do you think black enough is? What is black enough to you? I don't know. I think people assume that it's being urban. Which is? So I get told that I'm urban a lot from mm-hmm. the way that I talk and different things of that sort. So urban to me can be portrayed as ghetto, mm-hmm. ratchet, which is pretty much the same thing. So that's what I think urban is. But to be black enough, I don't know. That's where I left the question to you. Miss Master's degree. No. <laughs> I don't have a master's degree in African American studies there. Um, I don't know. It's just for me personally, it's just a term I don't like and I would just encourage, you know, I, and that's why I say like, I don't have kids yet, um, but that's why I never want to live in an area where it's too many of one kind of people. I don't. I don't ever want to be the only black person in the neighborhood and right now there's, we're probably the only black people in our neighborhood. There's other ethnicities in there, but we're probably the only black people. And I definitely sometimes feel like conforming for when I see them. And like being mindful of things. Like, you know, like, and then another section of like where we live, that's where the black people are. And you know, we have like, they have the music, they have the cookouts, they have this. And there's another area where there's more Spanish people. And it's the same thing. But, you know, it's just kind of like when you get in our area, it's kind of like, no, don't do that out here. And music off at eight. Right. And like me personally, I don't give a fuck. But I'm aware of what my surrounding is. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware of not wanting to be that example of black people for them. So it's, and it's funny because like. When I speak to them, they're like, oh, what are you, you know, oh, and then they kind of look at me like, oh, wow, you do that, wow, you live here, like, you live here? Yes, I live here. Oh. Why wouldn't I live here? Oh, okay, and then they just, they're just, uh-huh, I live here. Yes. Your next question is what? What is your next question? So I think, that's a deep question, actually, I don't know. Do you want your kids to be? In all black school? Not necessarily. I don't care if it's a all black school. I care about the productivity. I care about the grades. I care about them being able to be a good person. That's what I care about. Would you pull them out if they were the only black kids? No. I would. Why? Um... I understand why some parents put their kids in certain schools because of the education level. Mm-hmm. But I'm a firm believer in that you also learn more outside of the classroom. And I don't ever want my child to have to be in a situation. 
I don't want them to ever have that inner turmoil or confliction of, okay, like, am I too, am I too white when I get around other black people? Or am I too black when I get around them? Like, I don't want them to ever have to toy with that. And I remember having a conversation with this girl, and that's why I said, like... So, are you... Okay, so you said, will I put them out of an all-white class? Are you saying an all-white school? An all-white school, where there's maybe, like, less... The population... The school is maybe less than, like, 10% black. Okay, no, we ain't doing that. No, we ain't doing that. Okay. I, I will pull you out for that, because I want you to have common sense and know that you ain't about to be talking to me Reckless well, see, that's what I'm saying. You learn life. more outside of the right, classroom. Right, right. I get that part, but the question that you said to me was, would you pull them out if it was an all-white class? The classroom Classroom school. That's what I meant. Okay. School. Okay. I'm pulling them out. I hated being the only... I took, like, in some of my classes in high school, I hated being the only black girl. And my school was very diverse. Like, we had everybody up in there. But in certain levels of the classes, I hated being the only black person in there. Because it was just like anytime something quote unquote black. I remember this girl was like, Do you have lotion? I was like, No, I don't. She was like, You're black. Why don't you have lotion? I was just like, Because I don't. Because I don't. She was like, Well, why didn't you take Spanish? Like, I just, you're taking for, and I was just like, And? And I remember this girl I knew, and she said her and her brother were the only black kids in the school. So she said she had got her hair done and she changed it, and the boy was like, Oh, so and so, like, how did you do that with your hair? And, you like this type of music? And she was just looking like, what? But she said she just never felt fully comfortable or herself around them. And um, the whole world isn't all white, although there are more white people than not. The whole world isn't all black. I want my kids to know different cultures. Different cultures. Different cultures, different black backgrounds. And I think it's important for them to see somebody that looks like them. Always. I think it's so important. Always. Well, before we get out of here, do you have a music plug, my dear? I actually have a few this week. Ooh, a few. Okay. A few. I have a few. All right. A few. So first and foremost, my baby father, uh, Rotimi has come out with a new album. Okay. And this particular song yes, is Love Rhythm. Rhythm, rhythm. I don't necessarily know how he's trying to pronounce it. Then Barton, he's actually on the shy. He dropped some music. Um, his song is called Simplicity. Okay. So that's a great listen. Nice crooner. And then, oh my gosh, okay. There was this girl on YouTube that I follow. Her name is Jessica Sanchez. When I tell you, like, I could watch her videos for hours of her, like, covering people. So, like, she does the best. Like, just everything is just amazing. Just I just can't even take it. Um, she was actually on American Idol, and there's a clip of her. You know that song, I am telling you, da, 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 no. on Dream Girls. Oh, okay. Jennifer okay. Mm-hmm. So her and the original singer went back and forth, and she fucking killed this shit. And I'm obsessed with her, and then when I came back from Aladdin, I saw that she did a cover of A Whole New World, so I had to get it. But she released some of her own new music, and the song, it's actually under Jess, J-E-S, and the song is called Love You. So I fucking love her. Keep coming with the videos. Her brother, Leroy Sanchez, also does videos as well. Like, I, I just, I cannot take it. I need to meet her in real life. You keep saying things like that? You just might. I hope so. I hope so. All right, guys. That'll be it for today's podcast. Be sure to check us out on our Facebook, on our Twitter, and on our IG. Um, you can follow us on IG at MB Famous Podcast as well on Twitter and on Facebook at Nobody Famous Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. Bye, guys. Toodles. <laughs>